Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good today, Ryan. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you today as well. And today we are embarking uh, into new territory. Today we are talking about the Tractatus Logico Philosophicus, which I know what you're thinking. It sounds like a prog rock album Rick Wakeman might have done after he left Yes, but it's actually not. Um, <laughs> uh, nor is it a uh, Fantastic Four villain. That's Galactus. This is uh, the. Key, this was the only book that uh, Wittgenstein published in his life. Is that correct? That is correct. That is that correct. is correct. And it is a. Uh, it's a huge. It, this is a. It, it's it's short. You can read it. Uh, you can read it quickly, but yes. it, it it is it is very de- dense and difficult. It is um, an important, like just a hugely important work in in modernism in modern philosophy, uh, and is more proximate to us than uh, it might feel to read it. I think, um, yeah, because it, it's it's it, it is uh, steeped in such a such a tradition of engaging very rigorously logic, like logic for the sake of logic, in a in a project of logic. Um, and this uh, is a little bit of a departure for us because this, um, you know, what, what's what's the um, what, what's the the one line summary of this uh, of this podcast? What we do here is we look at uh, continental philosophy and psychoanalytic theory to examine contemporary ph- phenomena. Uh, this is neither. None, uh, none of those things. <laughs> none of those things. This is none of those things. Uh, in fact, this refuses a phenomena that would have been contemporary to the, the writing of it. Uh, so in, that's something we'll talk about uh, later. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, really fascinating. Um, I'm, we, I've got all kinds of notes. Uh, who, who knows what will make it into the conversation and what won't. Yeah. Um, but it, it's... Uh, there's just one thing I want to I, I want to put here is that like what what Wittgenstein tries to do just like a big top level line whether you've heard of this before this is the first time or whatever uh, in a very real and significant way he is trying to articulate a philosophy of how to understand the world right. nothing less than everything. Is the goal of this text, which um, at, at a point later in the episode, we're going to get to some things that undermine the attempt because that's what we do here. Uh, it's the dialectical approach, uh, of course. But part of the dialectical approach, I just want to, again, I want to put this here, is uh, just because there w- w- will be some some little some some moments where the text undermines itself and maybe suggests something other than what it its aims are that does not mean that we toss it away i think wittgenstein might i th- uh, because of the way that uh he is arguing and and part of the you know uh one of the things we're going to get into a little bit like like this text is very much uh invested in trying to come up with a way around Russell's paradox, which to Frege, Russell, and to uh, to Wittgenstein was like this was a huge problem because it invalidates this thing that Frege was trying to do. I think for us here, no invalidation at all. Uh, uh, th- th- these points of like pr- 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 that specific point of contradiction, which we're always talking about, 
for us very interesting uh and yeah. and 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 is is where the extraction uh of something uh well worthwhile uh of 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 thinking about and and smashing against uh your own thoughts if they if you are like us and are informed mostly by the continental tradition um just because there may be uh, an er- like an error of logic here, that does not mean we toss it out. I'm putting that at the front. I, that's uh, just because I, I want to underline uh, kind of why we're doing this. Um, right. Is one? It's also a request. It's it, also multiple requests. Multiple, multiple requ- requests. Yeah, so the, it, it fits in perfectly with the you know history of philosophy series that that uh, we've been doing. Um, it's it's also going to fit in. Uh, with what we're eventually going to get to with uh, with Kant, and you can kind of see like the yeah. the this what Wittgenstein does retroactively when we do the Kant episodes. What you'll see is that he Wittgenstein is uh, furthering Kant in a direction that will become uh, crucial for the development of analytic philosophy, which is like kind of the. It, it, like like the, well, I mean, this top level line, right? This like philosophy really it, it, it forks from Kant. And, right. and it, right. it goes in the continental direction, and then it goes in the analytic direction. This is very much in the analytic direction, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, yeah, just like I, I, I just uh, wanted uh, wanted to say this because it just because this is not going to be something like I, I don't know uh, that that will offhandedly reference this again after doing it. It doesn't mean that this is like uh, we're, we're we're finding a, we're, we're not finding reasons to dismiss this is what I want to say, and I right. think. And I think what's important about that is I think Wittgenstein would, if, if he agreed with us, would would dismiss his own thing. But I think because of where we're coming at it, uh, we will not. So maybe some of that doesn't make sense. It will make sense later. Uh, so a little bit of a, a little, this is, I I like to, be, you know, you and I both like to do this. We like to like yeah. begin things a little bit like a film noir where you yeah. get a little bit of like where we're going first right. and then... Right. This is where we come in. So, Todd, this yeah. is where we come in. How, let, let's let's start at the start. Uh, who, who is this guy? What's what, what is this? Ludwig? I mean, is this Beethoven? Come on, what is this? <laughs> well, I think he he in a way he, he was he was brought up to be Beethoven. So, two of his brothers were incredible pianists. So, Wittgenstein was a from a Viennese family. He was Jewish. Uh, born in 1889, the same year as. Martin Heidegger, and it's you've mentioned this fork in the philosophical mm. road. So, if the Tractatus is one of the founding works of analytic philosophy, being in time is one of the founding works of the other the other branch, the continental branch. So, the, the, those two really, and I, I, we'll talk a little bit maybe maybe later about how there there's certain similarities between Wittgenstein and Heidegger, although they never met. So, Wittgenstein was a uh, a incredible prodigy from the time he was little. And he actually contacted when he was just, what was he, like 18, 19? He contacted mm. Frege and and wanted to study with him. And Frege actually put him on to, Gottlob Frege put him on to study with Bertrand Russell. And so Wittgenstein, when he was only uh, 21 years old, something, goes to Cambridge and and studies with Russell for a few years, and and really wows. He never got his. He never actually took the classes to get his bachelor's degree, but he really <laughs> wows the fellow his the 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 professors there, not just the fellow students. And and so he 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 
you know, develops his, his own thinking a little bit there. So this is early 1910s. And then in 1913, he goes to Norway, he just goes off on his own to Norway and builds a cabin for himself in the middle of nowhere and just goes on his own and thinks, basically. And then he uh, goes to he, – he gets uh, – he he's I don't think he's drafted even. I think he actually signed up. He wanted to, to take part in the First World War and he spent time in the trenches and he was – and he wrote part of the Tractatus in that in that time. And he also got – he spent, I think, six months of leave back away from the front and, and worked on it. And then he goes back to England after the war and he get he publishes this in 1921. And then the English translation – so he wrote it in German. The English translation comes out immediately afterward. And then the rest of his life, he – he went. He he taught. He was an elementary school teacher for a while. He did. He spent a lot of time at Cambridge, where he was a, a taught as a professor. And but but he, you mentioned this. He never wrote another book. So this was the mm-hmm. book that he that he published in his lifetime. He he. I shouldn't say he wrote and write another book. He never published another book. He wrote a lot of things, including uh, the philosophical investigations. Which, if there's two key texts. There are a lot of other posthumously published works besides the investigations, but those, the Tractatus and the investigations are these two poles in Wittgenstein's thought. If people talk about the early Wittgenstein and the late Wittgenstein, the early would be the Tractatus and then the late is the investigations. And you said he's trying to come up with a theory of the of everything and yeah. that is true in the Tractatus and then I, I think that's less true in the mm-hmm. investigation. So it's more the investigations is after what you could say is a linguistic turn in Wittgenstein's thought. But here he's it's really about so Frege attempted to reduce all arithmetic to a logical structure. And here Wittgenstein is trying to also do, in a sense, what Frege tried to do to create a logical picture of the world, like what it's possible for us to think and what mm-hmm. it's possible for us to say about the world. And and key for him what it's not possible. And he even has a great line where he says, the most important part of my thinking is what I didn't, what we, what I can't say and what I didn't say. And Mm -hmm. I think, so there's this, this part of the way in which the analytic tradition picks up from Wittgenstein, uh, the Vienna circle and other thinkers associated with that, uh, really doesn't, think about what he doesn't say, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that idea of his, that, that the most important thing in my thought is what is not said that, and this becomes, so the Tractatus is divided into seven sections, but they're all little subsections of the, the one through seven. And then in at the, toward the end of section six, and then into section seven, which is just one proposition, uh, that, that idea comes out like what we can't talk about in his mysticism comes out. So I yeah, think that, yeah. that that's one of the ways in which I think the, one of the things that we find interesting about him is this what's not said and what's been influential about him is what he did say. So that, that'll be <laughs> one of the ways yeah. that we're going to be a little contrary. And I want to say a couple things, uh, uh, things that he said that I, I just love. I, I kind of love him. I, you know, I, I don't think he's influential on me at all, really, but I he from I read him in graduate school, and it was he was always I I was just had this affection for him. But here, this he, this is one of the things he said. He said, "You can't think decently, and if you don't want to hurt yourself." And I thought that's, that's pretty a good. pretty 
pretty great. And then the other thing he said, this is another line I love. He said, the university atmosphere nauseates me. And I <laughs> to me, I think those are the best. I think those are the those are pretty great. So that's, you know, that's his – but the basic project here, as you described, is to say – to describe the world because he thinks logic – sorry, to describe reality because he thinks that logic gives us – puts up a mirror to reality, right? So that's yeah. – that, that's a – he really thinks – I mean, he thinks there's a lot of things we can't talk about, but he thinks mm-hmm. the things that we can't and, – and, He's trying to expose the limits of our language. And he mm-hmm. says the limits of our language is, are the limits of our world. Uh, but through what we can talk about, he thinks we get a mirror of uh, – philosophy is a mirror of nature to kind of slightly deviate from what Hamlet says. I think that that's, I think <laughs> that that's the, the Wittgenstein thing. He even uses the word mirror twice. So I, yeah. think that that's, uh, that's, I think that's what he's – I think that's really important to this project. Yeah, no, no, I agree. That's a a, a wonderful summary and and, and nice little uh, nice uh, entry point uh, for for this, uh, which is going to be um, which is going to be a lot to talk about. This is so we're going to try to do like one half of the podcast. We're going to try to do like for itself, and then we're going to try to get into. Um, I, I don't I don't want to use the word like it's like a like a like a problem or like an issue or or, or whatever. But like I think there are moments where the the text transcends itself um, as any good text will. And right. those are like, right. and it's, you mentioned it like this, this stuff with his mysticism. Like there's some, there's some things that he says at the end that, that are, I don't think you would not expect it to be in an analytic text. Right. It's, uh, right. and, and that is, um, kind of fascinating. And it's also something that, um, I, as we're, we're going to do just the spoiler alert, the next episode, we're going to do philosophical investigations. And those are the, it, I think the, the kind the, the things in here that are for us really fascinating to contemplate are the things that are like backed away from a little bit in the next right. text. So anyway, that's, uh, uh, to the little, little cart before the horse. Uh, I think the most famous line. I think we should just start with the most famous line. The yeah. mo- is uh, I, I think maybe people have heard this maybe in different contexts, but the most famous line from this text has to be, uh, "What cannot be said must be passed over in silence." Yeah, as just yeah. Uh, and that's proposition seven point zero, right? Like that's that's yes. the yes. only proposition in the seventh section. Yes, the last line of the, we, in the last line of the text. Right. In the last line of the text. Well, we and I'll, I'll, I'll quote it exactly. Well, I'm I'm reading from the Routledge. Is that the one that you've got? Uh, uh, I have a couple, so I don't know. You got a couple. Okay. I, yeah. 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 So it does. But anyway, uh, what we cannot speak about, we must pass over in silence. That's yeah, how I have it yeah. translated here. Um, and th- what's really, really, really important, and 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 uh, we need to be a stickler about this, is that has to be understood. In the context of what he's doing, because you, I don't think it's okay. And I, there are some lines in here that, like, you could put on your wall. You know, you could print out, like, put on a sticky you really note, could. and yeah. you can, and you can extract it from the whole. And I, I think the second you do that, it becomes something else. And this, uh, like, this line, I, it seems like it's you. You think you could say it like, um, okay, someone might. Uh, mention it, uh, uh, like in okay. If there's some uh, debate, like you could, like this is the time of the holidays, 
and maybe to keep the peace amongst uh, your family, there are certain topics you don't talk about. There you go. M- either having to do with the world or really having to do with maybe so-and-so has a drinking problem or <laughs> so-and-so, uh, you know, doesn't have a drinking right. problem but thinks right. someone, whatever, or, you know, family history, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, you have some idea, or friends, whatever it is. You yeah. have some, there are some things that just cannot be talked about. That's not what he's saying. No. It's, it, it's not that. Um, it would be really, really easy to to graft that because it makes sense. What we cannot speak about, we must pass over in silence, right? It's just like, so someone says something, they drop again. Like, like I think the family dinner thing makes perfect sense. They say a thing, it's maybe like, it's not, uh, it's not at the, the, you know, the, the standard of, uh, of, of, of sensitivity that maybe other people would like, but the person who's saying it has a certain position in the family. So you don't say anything about it. Not what he's talking about. This is this is this is not like there are certain uh, debates in uh, in in philosophy, in the sciences, in politics, in culture that we can't that we can't talk about. So there's silence about it. That's not his point. His his point is, and I try to make it as concrete and and, and as simple as possible without doing damage to what he's building. Is it can that the things that are not sayable, it's not that they're not, uh, it's not that it's uncool for them to be utterable. It's that they're right. not thinkable right. at all. That's, that's the point. So like we can only talk about what is and what is, is not like what is, uh, like the, it, it, it is not articulatable. It's, it's not, right. not cognizable. It's, it's not, possible to uh it's not possible to talk about what we cannot speak about it's it's not not, it it, is there's no if you want a because we'll come back to this so i'll put it here as like a pin to come back to uh the real as understood uh, by lacan and argued for is not here is is right. is uh, you might say if you were do if you wanted to do a psychoanalytic reading like uh, like this you might say like the real is well and truly foreclosed in in Wittgenstein it's 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 right. it, it it cannot even it's not repressed it's just it, it cannot even be entered into right. uh, into any kind of just uh, pre discursive formulation whatsoever right so that's, Lacan's you, analysis would be Wittgenstein psychotic yes I think that's right I think okay. he would probably okay. I think Lacan I I. And to be clear, we're not saying that. But that would yeah. be if you're following if if Lacan is following himself, and Lacan in following himself is following Wittgenstein, that would have to be his conclusion. I think. Interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that that, and he also, I mean, what Wittgenstein's ruling out there is the whole history of philosophy. I mean, that's why yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. like, he's such yeah, a, right, right, there's right. such a, it's such a massive undertaking here because mm-hmm. he doesn't. There's no quotes of. Oh, Plato or Kant or <laughs> there's none because he thinks they're actually they're talking about nonsense. That's what he he really yeah. thinks that. Like he yeah. thinks the entire and it's a little unfair because David Hume should get a mention because I don't think he thinks Hume is talking about nonsense and he's a kind of rearticulating hmm. certain things. Hume says, uh but the other thing thinker I was thinking about is Parmenides, who says nothing is not, right? Like yeah. The, you can't talk about nothing because it's not. And I think that in, in a way, that's what Wittgenstein's saying. All these things that you think are about are these speculative 
problems. You can't talk and, and you can't talk about them. And it even it goes for also for religion. There's not anything about religion here, and it goes for ethics, right? So you mm-hmm, can't mm-hmm. you can't like the whole Kantian attempt to construct an eth. He he just would say you you're trying to talk about something you can't talk about because it's outside yeah. of the logical what's what's possible to say logically, right? Like that's what he would. That's what he would say, and so there, you're just. I mean, he divides between he divides between statements that have a sense mm-hmm. and are true, statements that have a sense and are untrue, wrong, and then just nonsense. And so, a lot of the things that we talk about on our on our show, would he would just say, "Well, you're talking about nonsense, like all yeah. the stuff about yeah. the psyche, nonsense, yep. all the yep. stuff about ethics, nonsense, mm-hmm. and even." This stuff about the ultimate political, like enjoyment in politics, nonsense for him. Not a thing. So I yeah. think that that's a real. I mean, that's why you're right to start with the end because that's the <laughs> crucial. He's really saying there's all these things that you you. And I think the reason why he says don't talk, like it's a weird kind of thing, right? Like he's prohibiting us from talking about what we can't say. Well, that's right. 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 Wait a minute. How, <laughs> I mean, that's a, if you looked at that psychoanalytically, you'd say, "What happens when you prohibit an impossibility?" Well, yeah. you make it seem possible. Yeah. Right. Like that's why you do it. That's why you. But I don't. I mean, I think so. So I think there'd be something suspect about that. But I think everybody thinks this is the greatest line of all because mm-hmm. it's a why he's doing it is he thinks if we try to do this thing that's impossible, that leads us astray in all of our way of conducting ourselves as as people right like we we mm-hmm. we end up falling for all these nonsensical things and and if we just stick to what's thinkable then we'll avoid going astray i think that's i think that's why he ends on that point which is it, again, yeah yeah go ahead no no it's it's really interesting and just a little bit before that just to you know, to support what you're, what you're saying there. Uh, he writes this, this is 6, 6.5. Uh, when the answer cannot be put into words, neither can the question be put into words. The riddle does not exist. If a question can be framed at all, it's also possible to answer it. And so there's a thing we're going to get into. Um, uh, uh, what he's saying is like, there are no paradoxes. Right. They, they, Don't you they, think, they, Ryan, they, I just, can't sorry to interrupt, but I, I want to oh, no, ask you something. Do you yeah. think, isn't this, isn't that thing that you just read like yeah. the fundamental divide between continental and analytic yeah. thinking or yeah, between, I, I, you know, between dialectics and everything else? And, and what's interesting to me is Marx says something very close to Wittgenstein, which is why I think yeah. Marx says humankind only poses the problems that it's able to solve. Right? Yeah. And, and Wittgenstein thinks that too. And I think Hegel doesn't think that. And I no, think I Kant think doesn't think that. I think both of them think we got all these problems that we have we're able we're able to pose all these problems that we have no way to address and i think mm-hmm. that's a crucial difference but i think you're right like that's so that's so vital to his project that we have to be able to there's no paradox right there's no riddle there's no contradiction mm-hmm. yeah i i mean it's it's a nice way of sort of explaining like what like what theory is and what theory does is it engages this act of speculation that entreats a uh, a that entreats a, a beyond to present circumstances uh, and uh, present uh, like what is currently thinkable, you know. And I think I do like I uh, 
I happen to love this this uh, this line of uh, Deleuze's at the start of uh, difference in repetition is is um, or, or did I reverse that? No, 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 no that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Um, yeah, um, where he says that you have to be thinking at the forefront of your thought. Like yeah. I, I think he says that that might even just be the preface of the project. Like, and I, I love that idea as like a, as as like yeah like be on the be on the edge of what you understand, yeah. and that is how you know you will be like discovering and like uncovering something. And and this is I think in this would be where I think a, a lot of this is like you can read this and and see that like Wittgenstein is like the analytic version of Deleuze in some ways, but where they're definitely very different is uh, like, and I think Deleuze has this. And I think this is, I would say this is a a goal of of theory is to, to generate the new and, and the way that, you know, the way that Deleuze goes about it and the way that like Hegel would go about it, that's a dividing line. And we're, we happen to be on, on the the Hegel side of of that, but like that, First thing about the generation of the new, and and like being at the the forefront of what is thinkable is the like the way to get there. I'm I cosign absolutely cosign that. That is not that's not in Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein would say that's a that that's that's a nonsense. You you right. you can't you can't generate uh you can't generate what is is not possible. That's the like so the like the idea of the impossible is structurally cut out. You were sort of saying this, and and like that that would be again from the position of continental philosophy, from the position of psychoanalysis, is like you are you are generating uh, in 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 framing the like in framing the question or uh, or in framing the limit that Wittgenstein does. That is how structurally you ensure the possibility of the beyond. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think that's right. Like he, he, he wants the beyond, right? Like he sure. wants the beyond, and yet he doesn't want to. And he thinks the only way to preserve the beyond is to police the limit. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. <laughs> isn't that what's yeah, fascinating? Yeah, nice like he doesn't. Like I think Hegel, like the. We'll get into a little later, like the, what I think are the crucial differences. But I think that Hegel wants to see the beyond as accessible in the here and now, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. I think yeah, Wittgenstein I doesn't want to do that. And I think yeah. the one of the one of the things that he develops toward the end of section six is this idea of an embrace of his himself as a mystic, right? Like he yeah. mm-hmm. he really it's not like it's funny because I think a lot of people use the term mysticism as an insult. To, yeah, to sure. a thinker, right? You're like, oh, you're just a mystic. Uh, like you're, you're obscuring how. And, sorry, like you're obscuring how things are to make them right. seem more right. more interesting, or yeah, more yeah. interesting, or whatever. But in six point five two two, he's he's like, there are indeed things that cannot be put into words. They make themselves manifest. They are what is mystical, right? So he yeah. he he, he just, direct quote, yeah, direct quote, direct embrace of mysticism, and. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to say we have to we have to recognize these absolute the limits of language are the limits of our world right like the limits of our mm-hmm. language are the limits of our world that's what he says and I think he wants to articulate those limits to preserve yeah that mystical beyond and I think he but but what's interesting about him is he's very aware 
He's not a, I mean, that's a dumb thing to say. I was going to say, he's not an idiot. He's very aware. <laughs> I mean, because I, because yeah. he's the smartest yeah. person ever to live. So, yeah. uh, uh, he even, he, he, when he, he had his PhD dissertation defense, you know, he's like, he, yeah. he went around the room and he patted the examiners on the back. He's like, don't worry, you'll, you'll never understand me. <laughs> 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 That's what I read that before I did my dissertation. I I, I like thought, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it, but then they understood mm. me perfectly well because I'm not <laughs> because I. Uh, but I I think that the like what he's he understands right that mm. that you can't that the problem of the meta language that you can't just yeah set up and say look we can't because what he's trying to do is set up a limit and he understands that if you set up a limit wait aren't you already going beyond to set up the limit. This is Hegel's point in his critique of Kant, right? Like to, to recognize a limit is already to be beyond the limit. That's what he says mm-hmm. in encyclopedic logic. Okay. So Wittgenstein understands that. So how do you get around that if you're trying to preserve this mystical beyond? And I think the thing that he, that he does, and I think this is the, the whole project here is in addition to setting up this limit, theorizing the world is to get a sense uh, to understand things in terms of, how they are shown mm-hmm. rather than how they are said, right? So this is a uh, 4.1212 uh, proposition. What can be shown cannot be said, right? And I think mm-hmm. that opposition is really the driving force of the text, that people are trying to say things. Mm-hmm. Wittgenstein's going to show them with propositions, right? And I think that that that... Again, I think that's the key to understanding what he's trying to do here, this showing versus saying. And if you look at what is shown, then you'll you'll avoid these errors of trying to say too much. Yeah. No, that's really, really nice. And I mean, this is why he um he hews uh closely like the idea of the 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 picture, like the pictorial yeah. uh comes up a lot. Um and it is a little interesting, you know. So uh, is he? He he's born 1898. Am I right about that? 1889. 89. 1889. Oh, that's funny. Um, so he's born uh, six years before film. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I don't know. I I always like to like. Where's the where where might where might visual media be have yeah. snuck in in a way that it? Well, he would have would, seen photographs for sure from the time he was sure. little. Yeah, for sure. And he loved um, the movies, Ryan. He loved the movies. But not, okay. he didn't like, I mean, this is to his credit, I think. He didn't like art films. He loved, the Western was his favorite genre. But he went to the no. movies almost every day. Almost okay. every day. Okay. So, so so I think your link of the invention of cinema to Wittgenstein is absolutely to the point. Okay. That's the, the fantastic. I didn't know any of that. I'm I am glad that because that made sense to me. Like the, the way, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just, there's just a lot of lines in here where he's talk, where he's talking about like, like the picture and 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 it's it's <clears throat> it seems uh you know i don't i don't like to i don't like to swap out word choices cuz i you know it, it's like uh philosophy and this is something that philosophy and poetry share right is that like the word choice is important and especially in yeah. translation this is what makes translation hard so um it, i i don't i don't like the I don't, I don't, unless I can defend it and, and be like really strongly on the side of like why I would swap something out. But there are just a lot of times where he talks about the pictorial and the picture. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
man, this feels like an image and not just an image, but an image that moves to me um, in, in this. And, and, and like, just like the, the way that he's approaching showing and uh, like it, 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 it feels like the, the, the way that you would talk about how demonstrable something can be shown is only after having seen the, the moving image. Yeah. Like it, it, yeah. It, that, that's how it, it, came off to me like that. And I wanted to just, I just wanted to check myself that that's just not like me. No, I think that's absolutely right. Me in there, but you think that's there. Yeah. 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 I think it's right. And I think he, he really has a very cinematic sense of things. And what's interesting is he thinks that there is like, does the picture correspond to the, to the reality, right? Like that's so. So it's, mm-hmm. he's like checking yeah. the realism of the film, right? Like yeah. he, he he really. I mean, that's that's one of the like he does think that a proposition can have a sense and be wrong, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it can be wrong mm-hmm. because not just because people don't agree with it, but just because it doesn't it it doesn't fit the the picture of reality. Right, like I think yeah. that that's really a problem for him that it doesn't it doesn't mirror reality in in the way that it it might, and I think that that's I mean there I think that he, there are places and we'll get to this maybe a little bit later, but where he runs into this meta language problem yeah. that he's trying to avoid, and I think he he thinks he's avoided it because of his and I, I think it's a key word to use for him. He never uses it to describe his own project, but I think it is this he's creating an imminent project. And I think the emphasis on showing mm-hmm. uh, indicates that, that he's trying to show how limits develop imminently. If you like just theorize propositions and look at what propositions say, you will uncover the limits just on that basis, not by importing them externally. And I think that that once you, that, 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 that once you think in that way, you, you, you're, you're, you're still, you're not you're you're avoiding the 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 you're, you're going to ultimately run into this meta language problem that he doesn't yeah. you know he 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 doesn't he doesn't even recognize as a problem I don't think because I think he he believes he's avoided it and so he thinks yeah. when when he's talking about the problem is that he's still and this would be a maybe I'll wait to get to this because I think that like one of the thi- I think that that famous statement what can be shown cannot be said. Yeah. What's interesting about that statement is it is itself a saying, right? Like yeah, he's, yeah. it's a point at which he's saying something. So there yeah. there he he I don't think his theory can integrate the way in which you do need certain things need to be said to supplement the showing, you know, right? Yeah. And I think that's a that's a but I but I I'm 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 jumping ahead, I think. No, no, but that's it. Okay. Well, that's interesting cuz you just described a silent film, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like there's yeah. something written to support what's being shown. I don't know. Right. It's just right. No, I think that's really good. I think he does. Yeah. The, 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 ultimately, he needs this little supplement because yeah. what he's trying to do is just build from. He's building a a, a construction like a, a huge construct, and he wants to. There he wants to to by building the construct make clear the limits on that construct, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he also wants to compare it to. A reality, and the question is then, like, how do you? Where does that reality come from, right? Like, and that's yeah, that will that's, be the it's, thing it's, that drives him to the philosophical investigations. I think he'll say, "Wait a minute, how was? I, where was that? Uh, 
I'm comparing this logical structure to a reality, but isn't, yeah. don't I have to think about that reality within a logical structure first to be able to access it to compare it to the logical structure, right? And I think that's, that's where the meta-language problem, I think, really appends this project and will push him in the direction of, of language more in the, in the, in the later work. It's uh, it's a fascinating problematic, and it is something that uh, knots this uh, K N O T a little bit yeah. to uh, Lacan's own de- like development in seminars that we're sort of tracking a little bit. Is that like he says he uses the word reality in the first couple sem- seminars? Yeah. Uh, not I don't want to say uncritically, but he he uses it in a way that he is then forced to have to. Well, how, how do you mean that? Like, 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 it, like, how can you, how can you say reality when like, isn't, isn't there, and this it's for exactly the, the class of, um, of, of, of patient being the psychotic that reality is a struggle for which it is not for, you know, the, the normal neurotic to, to use the right. language, right? Like it's the, the, and, and so like Lacan almost he does a similar thing where then this is where he has to get a little bit more rigorous about the symbolic and 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 like and how right. the symbolic is right. formed and the inability for the psychotic to like initiate into that like the the idea of the of the symbolic structure as such like is a suppressive thing like that the, they cannot be uh be be integrated into um anyway to, like but yeah, I, like I, 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 I think I bring, that's really go good ahead, yeah. Ryan because yeah. is it Wittgenstein here a little bit, too, and and it's funny because I think he's trying to to put it in a, a Lacan's jargon, like he's trying mm-hmm. to cleanse the symbolic of the imaginary, right? Like he's yeah, trying to, that's like great, that's great. the whole project basically. Yeah. He's trying to say like, okay, these philosophers have gotten involved in all this phantasmatic imaginary spec. Not that those tombs are similar or synonyms, but like speculation about things that you you can't really know about. I'm going to I'm going to say look the symbolic has these clear limits and you can't think beyond them get out of this imaginary uh problematic but then he's yeah. going to say just like you use the term mirror the image of yes. the like that like he's still yes. going to say there's this image of reality that we have that we can compare the logical structure to and how can you do that, right? Like, how yeah. can, like, where does that, like, that, why isn't that image called into question? And I think it subsequently will get called into question. And I think that, like, the comparing his trajectory to Lacan's trajectory is very interesting and I think true. Like, I think that's how, like, they both have this. And then, uh, this is uh, Slavoj actually, Slavoj Zizek actually does this in, uh, I think it's for They Know Not What They Do. In fact, I'm sure it is. He has mm-hmm. a, he has a, a thing where he, he it's maybe the, Fifth chapter, I don't know. Uh, he 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 talks about Wittgenstein, the the first Wittgenstein, the Wittgenstein of Tractatus, the mm-hmm. second Wittgenstein, the Wittgenstein of the Philosophical Investigations, and then he said, "There's this third Wittgenstein of this little book called Uncertainty, which is a it's a fascinating book. It, it's a critique of the attempts to to talk too much about things because then it cuts off. You know, then he's trying to explain what you miss when you try to say too much. But mm. he said." Slavi's argument is this is the Wittgenstein of the real. So there's a kind mm. of third, like there's this imaginary symbolic real Wittgenstein, real. just like Lacan's trajectory as well. So it's a, it's an interesting, fascinating. It takes the parallel even one step further, I think. Of that, and I think it's right. I mean, if you read Uncertainty, you're like, oh wow, this is really the greatest, his greatest work. I think actually. 
Oh man, though that's well, that's fascinating, and like just like yeah. So to nail that down, uh, the 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 point is that this text is the uh, would be the Lacan of the imaginary. Philosophical investigations would be the tech, the uh, Lacan developing the symbolic, and then uncertainty is the Lacan of the real. That's awesome. Well, it, I mean, and you you've been saying this, and I, I just want to I want to come back to this and and, yeah. and and go to the uh to the text. The problem of the meta language, and we talked about this a long time ago. We did uh, an aphorisms, Lacanian aphorisms episode on uh, the the problem of the of the meta language. Like there is no right, the aphorism language. is there is no meta language. Is not a very exactly that's it. One. <laughs> that's that's, that's right. it. Simple. Right. There is no meta yeah. meaning. There is no position you can take outside of language to then critique it. Like you can't. Right. Like let me. Can I give the 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 Go ahead. Locus classicus of the examples of this, like sure. all Cretan or, or like like all Vermonters are liars. Like if I <laughs> okay. say that, right? Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Calling myself a Vermonter, but which I think people here would question. But uh, but but if I say that, right? Then like the question, you you have no like I'm adopting a meta linguistic position to say that because I'm not right. including myself in the. Enunciation, right? So, right. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. 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 No. 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 It's perfect. It's perfect because, the, like, uh, it, you, you know, like the statement itself, like, ha- has a question because of your position of enunciation. If you are a Vermonter, like, so there are two things. Uh, if you are saying that as an Ohioan, uh, then it's like an accusation. But then it's fine. The, it's. I mean, logically, it's fine. Logically, it's fine, but then it's right. like, wait, but this guy has been living in Vermont for how long? Have you been there? Twenty something years? Ah, uh, twenty, yeah, twenty three, four, twenty three years. Uh, twenty two. Okay, so like the you will eventually. I mean, if you're probably coming up to a point that, unless you have passed it, but you're probably coming up to a point where you've spent more time in Vermont than you did in Ohio. Right. And right. so then at what point anyway so like if you if you run this through then it's like well then he's the liar for not identifying himself as the Vermont but then now we're like getting mired into the like particularity of this big one right. the, the the whole issue is that like you you can't separate yourself from a, any field from which to not be included in the critique and right. that is the point of there is no meta language. Uh, now, the, this the tractatus. Can I, can I give one more example, Ryan? Go ahead. That's my favorite example. I say it to my oh, kids all the time. I'll say yeah. people are stupid. I yeah, say that all the time. <laughs> like, all the time. Like, of great course, one. like that's a good, that's a terrible line because it fits right in this problem. Like, wait a minute, the person saying this is himself stupid. So how are we to evaluate this <laughs> statement? Like, is no, it stupid a, too? Or What's is the, it is it smart, right? You know, or like the you know, like I'm stuck in traffic. No, you're not. You are traffic. It's like the right, like right, right. you know, exactly. or like I would yeah. I would you know twist it a little bit. It's like oh, social media is making me upset. No, you went there to be upset. Like right. that's right. that's that's right. how that works. Right. Like the right. you you please like do not don't don't take yourself out of the out of the thing. That's the, and now we're kind of putting that in, in more of a in in not in the like the rigorous logical terms that. Uh, well, isn't there even a problem but, with the statement itself, right? Which we got yeah. to in the episode, right? Like, yes, to yes. say there is no meta language <laughs> is to make a meta linguistic. Make a meta linguistic. Right? It's true. Right. It's true. Right. It's true. But it and it and it makes the and it makes the point. And so this the Tractatus is trying to grapple with that because Russell's paradox is really the uh, the paradox of 
how do you get like how, how do you get outside of uh how do you get to a meta Correct. language like that Correct. that is what it is like Correct. how do you, like you need a, a set that includes all sets including like like the what is it a set of everything that includes itself is not that doesn't include it, itself the, that's the problem itself. set that's right it. the set of yeah. so russell famously undermines fragus he wrote him a nice little letter and he's like, I, I think your whole project. No, he didn't say it like this. <laughs> so I think your whole project is doomed to fail because of this problem of this the class of all classes that don't include themselves. And like, do you yeah. include it in itself or do you not? And if you you can't do either thing. Uh, so anyway, yes. so that yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. That that's the cru- that's the crucial, the problem that that uh, is cre- is the the meta language tries to solve that problem, right? Like right. it tries to. To, to resort to a meta language is to try to get out of that problem. And Russell did that. Russell had this yeah. theory of types to say like, okay, you can classify each statement according to a certain type and then you don't run into this paradox. And Wittgenstein takes that on here. He's like, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. Where, where are you doing? Where are you saying? And this is, I think, the, always yeah. the, the response to someone who tries to speak a meta language. You're like, where are you saying that from? I think I used this right. example in the episode yes. too. I, had a, I was at a conference where a, a guy denounced that Every conference presentation was perverse, and I said, yeah. "I said, wait a minute, where, where, where did you give that?" Dude, I, I raised my head. I said, "Were you outside in the courtyard <laughs> when you gave that talk?" Or I thought you were in here. Were you and, not accepted uh, into the conference to give yeah, the talk? He, he didn't yeah, think that was know. very funny on my part. No. I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, he's still. Well, I imagine Frege didn't find Russell's letter very funny, so it's yeah, sort of, it's sort of a similar a good point, man. That is a good point. I actually, you know what I love about Wittgenstein? I think he would, if someone did that to him and like destroyed his whole project, he seems like the kind of guy that would think that was funny. Like he would, <laughs> well, he would, he, he would enjoy He taught it. elementary school. I think you have to have a good sense of humor to do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Although he was uh, fired for beating a student. So I don't know if he had that. How is this not a sitcom that takes a dark turn? Like I, I'm, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, really. I'm I know, uh, you know, um, well, what was the guy? Derek Jarman. Uh, okay. not a great filmmaker, but he made a film on, I saw it when I was in graduate school on, it's called Wittgenstein <laughs> and, uh, it's not good. It's like, it's, it's one of these ones where it's like very minimalist. It's like the, what's the Lars von Trier, like Dogville. It's kind of like that okay. with like lines on the floor and stuff. Uh, uh, to you know, to approximate, there's no sets. They're just like you know, it's, just, mm. it's a terrible movie. But it has all these lines from Wittgenstein. But it doesn't go into this. What's the most interesting? <laughs> like all this stuff, which would be you're right. You could do a whole sitcom on his life, really. Like it would yeah. be funny. I mean, not yeah. that beating a child is funny, but like there are yeah. all these turns that that it, his life takes that are just they're kind of crazy. Yeah, that are that are that are sharp, right? There's like, yeah. like angles. And, and he and, he's he. I don't know that he tried to be that funny, but he was. He's funny. He's fun. I mean, Russell tried to be funny, but Wittgenstein. I mean, Wittgenstein's. Fam- there's a there's a book about this. He has this famous. He only met Karl Popper one time, and they were having this okay. discussion in the some room in Cambridge devoted to philosophical discussions, and uh, they got Wittgenstein got a little animated. He picked up the poker out of the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> and and he pointed it at at Popper and and Wittgenstein says, "Give me one ethical maxim that you could articulate." And Popper goes, "Don't hold a hot poker at another person in a threatening way." <laughs> That's really good. So I thought it was pretty. I don't like to test Popper, of course, because he hates Hegel and psychoanalysis. But uh, that was that's pretty funny. It was pretty good. So anyway. <laughs> 
That's a, that's that's probably probably one of the funnier situations with a hot poker. It's probably I, I know that's yeah, why yeah, the, I haven't read the book, but there's this whole book called Wittgenstein's Poker, and it's oh I like it's it. Supposed, it's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm I'm gonna get us back to the text on this with the yeah with, please, but like that's it. But with this is this is the turn. That's a very cinematic. Obviously, this is what we're talking about. There like, you go. It's very cinematic. It's very like very, or, or very televisual. He has this uh, conversation, and as we set this up, this uh. I, to we've we've kind of we've gone like retroactively in the text like you know we've gone from from back to front because I I I think that's uh I kind of think that's the easiest easiest yeah. in inverted commas yeah. way to understand this I mean or at least yeah. you get you're, you I, you see you're the trajectory right. the you right see the trajectory choice. of what yeah. he's trying to do that yeah. way going yeah. going back to front so yeah. we come to this point we've just been talking about the meta language uh, thing and he. And we talked about film uh, and him yeah. being an avid film goer. And he has this thing about the eye and the visual field. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. So I'm, I'm going to read some of this. So this is uh, starting Yeah, at, go ahead. Read that. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, starting at 5.2633. Um, I feel like we're doing ham radio when we start talking. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> My um, dad was a ham radio operator. That's really funny. Was he really? Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, breaker, breaker. All right. Where in the world <laughs> That's is CB, a metaphysical man. subject to be found? Yeah. Hold on. Sorry. I just interrupted you. That's a CB, breaker, breaker. I know. Ham you're radio. right. I, yeah. I know. Sorry. I know. Go yeah. ahead. No, you're, you're fine. So, apologies <laughs> to all the sorry. ham radio people and, and your father. <laughs> no I'm one sorry. gives a shit. I'm sorry for that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where in the world is a metaphysical subject to be found? You will say that this is exactly like the case of the eye and the visual field, but really you do not see the eye, and nothing in the visual field allows you to infer that it is seen by an eye. For the form of the visual field is surely not like this, and then this doesn't make for good radio, ham, CB, or otherwise, is he writes the eye, and then there's a little dash, and then you can kind of in, intuit like a little bit of a cornea and then uh, imagine like uh, horizontally like a like a hot air balloon sort of a, a shape and that's it's like a uh, it's like a comic like a the balloon coming out of a a speech right that's a, oh yeah a little right bit like that yeah 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 or an elongated guitar pick is sort of yeah. what he's you know, yeah what that's he's what it looks like coming out of the yeah. eye. Right. Out of the, he yeah, says this in, is right. not it. This is not it. This is right? Not it. Not like this. This is connected right. with the fact that no part of our experience is at the same time a priori. Whatever we see could be other than it is, which I kind of think is a problematic statement for him in this thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. whatever we can describe at all could be other than it is. There is no a priori order of things. So this uh, there's a lot in this that I just yeah. sort of yeah. read through. Um, because he's... He said a couple things here that are, are themselves conflictual, and this for us w- makes it fascinating. But again, following that, like, you know, uh, were someone to point this out and for him to agree, it would sort of destroy his point. Not for yeah. us. For we're us, getting into is, the critical portion of the program. Right? For yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, <laughs> Sorry, but, <laughs> but I think it makes it to, to make it, to make it live, you know, like I think that's the, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's for the, sure. that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, so, yeah, totally um, agree. Yeah. Um, and so there are a couple things here that, he is so he says about the visual field it's it like that the that nothing in the visual field allows you to infer that it is seen by an eye and so this would be to put it in lacanian terms this would be a refusal of his theory of the gaze which is that right. there is right. like uh you know that the picture is in my eye but i am in the picture i am uh, in the picture right he doesn't like you really do not see the eye right but yeah. but 
I think that if you understand the gaze, you do see the eye because yeah. I, this is what you were going to say. It's the disturbance in the visual field. Yes. Right? Like it's, it's the what, point it's at what which, sees you before you right, see it. Right, right, right. So no, say the line you're about that, to say, the disturbance. In the I was just going to say it registers your, your seeing is registered in yeah. the visual field as the part that doesn't work out. And I think, isn't this the ultimate problem with his way of thinking is that he has no way to account for that and mm-hmm. that everything works out. Like everything yeah. works out. <laughs> and sorry, like there's a, there's, a, there's a disturbance in the visual field. There's a, like in Matrix, when the, there's deja vu where the cat deja walks vu. by him nice. twice, yeah. right? Like there's yeah. these points at which things aren't working out. And the, like there's a disturbance of, just to say it again, there's a disturbance in the visual field and he can't, and that corresponds to the eye looking. And I think that that, like the whole game is there, right? Like the whole, like he, like his whole theory has no position or no way to accommodate the desire of the subject. So why, why are we invested in these propositions? Why is he articulating them? All these are questions he can't allow. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that, that leads to him not, and or derives from, so I should say, him not seeing the gaze, him not seeing the way in which his desire is the the, the picture isn't perfect, right? Like the mm-hmm. picture has a it has a point at which things vanish in it or things don't work out in it. And I think he can't that just is unthinkable for this project. It it's kind of fascinating because the 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 line you could imagine you could well imagine uh Hegel or Lacan or, or us, uh, you, I think even like Freud. This would be a fine statement. I even think yeah. uh, Heidegger. The, the proposition right before the subject does not belong to the world; rather, it is a limit of the world. I think it's a fine statement. Yeah. The but yeah. he does not. He means it very differently from yeah. how we would mean it, and that's the like. That's the important thing. It's like, it's just it's it's it's. It's kind of it's it's really it's just really interesting to to um to see someone uh, to read someone like saying these things, but their like their angle on this is completely different because for him there's um I okay here's a, like this is I think a principle of ours that I don't think we've ever said on the show, but um I I don't I don't think we're at, um I don't think we observe as hard a line. On the separation between metaphysics and ontology, as some, right, as some, right, as some, and I think for us there are many metaphysical uh, disquisitions, let's say, that are themselves an ontology, and I think probably and for vice us, versa, and vice versa, and I yeah. think for us probably the, I mean, Joan Kopchak makes this point. I think in Imagine There's No Woman that like. Death drives sub. I think this is exactly the line that death drive substitutes as an ontology for Freud, and I think most, uh, maybe a more orthodox reader coming from philosophy, reading beyond the pleasure principle, would say this is a metaphysics, not an ontology. But that's sort of that's her point. Is yeah. this metaphysical proposition is an is an ontological? Like this is how Freud poses ontological questions, and so anyway. Something yeah, to come I back think, to. I mean, in our I, mean I think, doesn't it come down to this? It's just what you're saying connects me to this, what Wittgenstein can't see, right? Like, yeah, this, so it's sure. proposition 6.1251. There can never 
italicized, never be surprises in logic, right? Like I yeah, think he can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the 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 way the eye appears in the picture is a, yeah. it takes you by surprise. Like that's the whole point, <laughs> yeah, right? That's right, the whole right. point. And I think he can't. And I I want to link. And I so I think that's a key way that I I think we should we would be distinct from him, right? Like there mm-hmm. that that. The, the the notion of because that's where desire fits in and that's a, yes but I think that I think and, it, and to be clear link, desire psyche uh, all that stuff ga- gaze enjoyment all the all that stuff is I, I think to to be fair to Wittgenstein he would say that I think he would probably say that's a that's an issue for psychology uh, I think in his terminology he would put it outside right. of what he's right. doing he would just say, or or he would say we can't talk about it. Right, like right. he would say, which yeah. is an issue. Which is an issue because you and I are talking about it, and his whole point about the un, like what cannot be said is like it can't. It's not even cognizable or articulatable. So, well, like, I think what he would just have to say is we're ta- we're spouting nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. That's what he'd say. So he would just That's say, yeah, you're, you keep on going. For some <laughs> reason, there are fools listening to you, but you're spouting nonsense. <laughs> That's what he would say. Okay, but I think what's interesting. So the, what I want to connect is that. Mm-hmm. That lacuna, to me, a lacuna, in his thinking, to his very clear anti-Hegelianism. So, sure. this is something that he says not in the Tractatus, but uh, later he says Hegel seems to me always wanting to be always wanting to say that things which look different are really the same. My interest is in showing that things which look the same are really different. So okay. he's trying to, he is really, and you said this to me earlier, that he's a, in a way, he's a, Deleuze is a Wittgensteinian, right? And I think yeah, it's, yeah. that maybe is the key thing, mm-hmm. that he's, he's, he's really a, Wittgenstein is really a logical atomist. He thinks that there yeah. are just, things are radically distinct and not in relation and the mm. relations are always external relations. Like a thing, that, like he says, that to say that a thing is identical or its identity, it can never has its identity outside of itself, mm-hmm. right? So, it, so which is, of course, Hegel's whole point is identity is the identity of identity and difference, right? Like identity mm-hmm. is always involved in what's distinct from it. And so mm-hmm. that, I think, is the, that, I think there's a link between not thinking desire and this logical atomism that doesn't allow for uh, the the re- uh, any kind of relation, because I think the Hegel is a thinker, even though he's a pre-unconscious, doesn't have the concept of unconscious. He he still is a thinker of desire, and even I think theorizes reason as desiring reason, right? So yes. mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there, I think that that's the thing that that's that's where the. Those two things are linked in Wittgenstein, that he thinks things are absolutely separate and or different. Like that's the term he uses. They're absolutely different from each other. Yeah. And Hegel, I mean, I mean same isn't the right word to use for Hegel, right? Yeah. Because what he would say is more they're inner, they're related. They're, yeah. they're inner, interlinked. Uh, you were just thinking and about I think that. <laughs> you knew I was thinking about that. Yeah, yes, I knew. I was yeah. Thinking, yeah. Uh, which is a great uh, – uh, Navakov 
Right. I mean, and the whole thing is about pale fire. Thing. I think the whole yeah, thing. right, right. But that's a great novel, and that's a. I wouldn't have read the novel if I hadn't seen. So I, 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 I thank Denis Villeneuve for that. I, I never had read Pale Fire, and then I, I saw Twenty Forty Nine. I thought, well, I should probably read some there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, th- so I think that that's the key. I mean, that to me, almost that's the whole the whole rub is there, right? That 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 yeah. atomism, that inability, that refusal—not inability—refusal to see relation, because mm-hmm. he thinks. His fear is, and I think it's a Deleuzean fear, really, too, right? That he he fears that once you think relation, you're going to reduce to same. Because that's, yeah. that's the term he used to describe what Hegel does. He, thaw, yeah. he sees sameness everywhere. Of course, it, that's not dialectic. Isn't about sameness. No, it's about. It's a, well, let's get to the next term. It's about contradiction, which is yeah. a, another problem I, term. But anyway, but before we no, get to that. I, no, no, it's great. No, I mean, like, I mean, that's and that's where the like, I think that's where the um, that's where the meat of of this, especially in in being opposed to to Hegel, uh, is is found is the rejection of contradiction. I mean, that like it, it goes back a little bit. Like you can see it in uh, the line I read earlier about how riddles don't exist, which is like this yeah. is a a this is a refusal, like contradiction, uh, like contradiction for Wittgenstein cannot be actual. Like it's just it right. wouldn't exist. Like the kind of the kind of contradiction that Hegel is on about just simply couldn't exist. Right. It, 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 it's it's. Uh, I think um, were Wittgenstein to allow it, it would have to be in a much weaker formulation. Something just like conflict. You know, or right, like, right, you know, right. It, it's just, it's not or opposition. It's not, I think he would opposition, allow opposition, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, but that, isn't but it interesting, Ryan, that he, yeah. he doesn't allow contradiction to be actual in reality, but he doesn't right. even allow contradiction to be actual within the symbolic, right? Like, right, like, right, right, right. He goes, like, I, I mean, to not allow contradiction in, in reality is, that's a not, I mean, that's a pretty common, I mean, Hegel is, Radical on that, I think. He, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. to say that there are real contradictions. That's, I think, most people don't accept that. Although I think quantum physicists accept it. Yeah, uh, I, think so. I think so. You're right, but but I think it's a pretty. I think Lacan's position about the real within the symbolic that doesn't right. seem that seems more widely accepted. And Wittgenstein won't even accept that, right? Like yeah. he won't even yeah. like real is the name for contradiction, right? Like. For, yeah. For Lacan, real is – we, we encounter the real at the point where the symbolic – there's a, the, a symbolic contradiction exists. And I think Wittgenstein doesn't – like the logical structure doesn't if – we, if we stick to it imminently, if we yeah. don't go for these nonsensical statements, we will not run into contradiction, right? right. That's his – you know, that's, that's his absolute – he thinks contradictions are nonsensical – Statements like he has this whole thing about tautology. It's a, it's a, it, I, it's one of my favorite parts of the book where he talks about tautology and contradiction, and tautology are statements that have too much in a certain way, right? Have too much sense, <laughs> and yes. then contradictions are statements that have no sense at all. Mm-hmm. Because I, well, right, wouldn't wouldn't yeah, it be like a, you know? Okay, so let's. I I, I like I I, I want to. To, to keep on with the with the eye thing, just like for a second, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, good. Right. Just Vic, Wittgenstein as the cinema goer, uh, like the tautology. I mean, like here's like a stupid one: the, the the film screen is a film screen, 
uh, or the a film screen is a screen for film. Like that's like right. a, that's a that's a dumb dumb tautology. But there you go. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, the way that I said it first was uh, A equals A, right? That's like, it is what it is, right. which he also rejects right. uh, in this. So Bill Belichick, not, uh, he's having a tough time this year. He's got a tough time in Wittgenstein. So that's Do you think so? How it is. Well, in the well, sense that, right, it is what it is, is Belichick's famous statement, yes. right? Do I think and, he's and, having a tough time? And you're year? right, yeah, Wittgenstein rejects the tautology. That's right. But I, I do think in, a, in another way, you could think of Belichick as a, a, a logical atomist. Right, like he. Oh, he, okay. Like, I see. I see. Isn't it is what it is a rejection of dialectics, right? Yeah, because for sure. Hegel would say it is what it is not, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've always well, thought that that Belichick was an anti. I thought but, he was an anti alien. But Todd, isn't it, so? That's again in this little in this little section that like whatever we can describe at all could be other than it is. Like I, I don't know. I mean, like I almost think Wittgenstein shouldn't be saying that. Like, I, like I, that's I, dicey, I, isn't it? Yeah. I, it's, it's really yeah. it's too close to Hegel. Like on like yeah. exactly what you just said. The yeah. you know I I think that like but but this is again it's where we where we find him uh, really interesting is is on is on that is on the like the this this you know this tension in the in in the logic in the structure itself and then which is unsurprisingly leads to the mysticism thing. But okay, imagine okay, so we're imagining uh, Wittgenstein. As the as the theater goer, and it, it's the, the 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 film screen is a screen for film. Okay, he, yeah. that's a tautology. The right. contradiction of that visual field is that, as Lacan puts it in Seminar Eleven, is that like you know while you're watching the screen, this the like the image is seeing you. It's not the right. it's not right. not the screen. It's the the image, and right. the the image is you you are get your your desire is getting. Wrapped up like the um, I'm, this will uh, you know who made a really great point uh, publicly? He didn't use the word gaze, but like he, uh, Tarantino made a very uh, I thought good popular case for the gaze as understood by us and Lacan. Wow. Okay, and tell me what do you say? He was talking about the. Did you ever? Did you see the Todd Phillips film Joker? Yeah. Okay. Sadly. Okay. All right. So I'm not. I don't expect this statement to redeem it for you in any way. But he's okay. the um, spoiler alert. The um, but at the point in the movie where Joaquin Phoenix as Joker goes onto the talk show that's hosted by the Robert De Niro character, and he's got a gun with him. And what Tarantino says that he loved about that movie is how it implicates the audience because if he goes on the talk show. Joker and doesn't use the gun, you're disappointed. And I thought that's not bad, Quentin. Like it's that's not bad. That's, except I, here's what my bad. here's my counter. Go, to that. I know because go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just disappointed for the whole film, so there was no I couldn't get any more disappointed whether he shot someone or didn't. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So that's my but, counter. Don't yeah, don't yeah. don't uh don't don't pee in the water of my point here because I think it's I, okay. So just <laughs> no good. Get out, I I, just, I despise Tarantino so much that I'm glad he made a good point. So <laughs> I, I I feel good for him. Like he can he can stop making films now and there's a there's a from the public. Yeah, this is like um there's a very famous Onion article headline which is uh it's like like report the worst person you know made a good point something it's something like that. It's just like. <laughs> Uh, like you know, uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah, but, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, but that's anyway. That's yeah. That's I, a good I think point. It's a good point. In yeah, a very sure. basic way, th- sure. th- like 
he kills he kills De Niro, and you can act shocked and horrified after the fact. This is Tarantino's point. But you point. wanted it. If it yeah. didn't happen, right, you'd be like, what was all that about? I understand right. Chekhov's gun. That's supposed to be fired, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, right. And where uh, Wittgenstein is as the as the viewer is, I think, like on the more uh, I'd say it like uh, on the more naive position, which is just like we're we are in this position of like total viewership uh, anonymity and uh, authority on what's in the field, and we're not ourselves being looked at. Now, of course, the image is not. Um, it's not uh, what would be the uh, what would be the phrase. It's not panoptic. Okay, you're right. right. You're not right. you're not literally being surveilled by the right. the film screen or that you know like that's not the that's not the point. Um, even right. if there are security cameras and a film theater that you go well, to, like that's can you say it's not all seeing, Ryan? Isn't that is what it, yeah? There we go. That's nicely put. Yeah. It's not yeah. It's not all seeing. It's but it your your desire gets wrapped up in what appears on on the screen, and that yeah. is. Uh, is is a is a contradiction, and like I will, like I think we we have no problem avowing that because you go in and you just don't think that could possibly be the right. point. Like like right. you know, logically speaking, how could that how could that be the point that you that you could get wrapped up in something that could overturn your own you know uh, hard won logic that you commit yourself to like all the time. Uh, how could that be? But you know, like I like I don't I don't like it doesn't matter how how much I dislike a um, a, a, a a TV show host. I don't think I would want to be watching something and they were shot and like that. That'd be really horrifying, like consciously. Right. But in the context of this film, and yeah, of course it's fiction. But like your desire gets wrapped up in that. Like that's sort of the point. And but again, these things these are nonsenses. Uh, even though they're very sensorial, which is, I guess I would say, another contradiction on this that would be disavowed uh, by Wittgenstein. And I, I think, like, if, um, you know, if 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 we were going to do, if, we were gonna, if you and I were going to co-write, like, a very short essay on this, I think I'd call it, like, Wittgenstein, uh, the, the, the scene of Wittgenstein at the movies, and it would yeah. just be, like, like, getting into this thing where... I just think it's perfect for you can see exactly what he's on about and what he's trying to do. And it's also the like exact site where it's undermined logically, even in the way that he's trying to propose it, not just yeah. us bringing in the yeah. outside things, but it's yeah. just, it's, it's undermined at exactly this point. Crucial. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agree. And I think that that isn't it. Can't you think about the he so his, the western was his favorite genre. Can you think about the western mm. in precisely this double way, right? Like yeah. Yeah. the 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 lion's share of the western allow the western hero to have this external position, right? Like they yeah. they save the whatever and then they're and but they're never really involved and so they 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 sustain this extra even they, they die or ride off into the sunset whatever yeah, they do yeah shane i think it's a great example shane right this. right, right. Yeah, yeah. but then there's the great one right like then there's anthony mann <laughs> yeah and yeah. and i think jimmy stewart doesn't he he re- has to always recognize that he's implicated in yeah. the thing that he's trying to 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 solve right and yeah. so then he finds himself sucked in so like in naked spur he ends up he he wants to just be a mercenary out for the money and he ends up getting caught up in this ethical doing this ethical thing and tr- and mm-hmm. taking this body back to to be to to the 
to civilization so he doesn't get any of the money for the from, <laughs> for killing. So, so I think that's what it is. I hadn't uh, seen no, it is. I hadn't seen that one when we did the western thing, but I saw it after. It's incredible. It's like Oh, it's incredible, right? And I, yeah. I think that that's and, and, and it isn't precise and I think like Wittgenstein himself would have like would be it'd be fascinating to know did he love the Anthony Mann western? Like because then that's awesome. Although that's too late, he would have been it's dead. Too when late. It's too late. Came for his out. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's too late. So that was a that, that that's a uh, uh, what's that called? Where you're out of the proper time. It's a oh and oh well. Another thing, an anachronism. I think he would. And it's anachronistic. That yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's it's interesting, right? Like he couldn't those like those films after the fact kind of challenge. So it'd been interesting, right? If he's in the theater, he sees naked spur, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I can't." This whole position that I want to take up is is no longer possible. I mean, he'd already abandoned the Tractatus by that long before yeah. then. But uh, it is interesting the way that that kind of what I think we would call a radical Western mm. doesn't. It's about the gaze. It's about the way yeah. the Western hero and the spectator is implicated in the thing that they want to just wash their hands of, right? And and come away and, 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 and stay clear of and not get involved in. And I think that that's the, it's the greatness of the Anthony Mann Western with these five Westerns with Jimmy Stewart. And, and then it's also, I think the, that's the importance of that kind of psychoanalytic theory that it, it mm. it's all about one's own involvement in what one is seeing, not just because you're fantasizing about it, but because it, 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 it's taking what you're seeing is taking your desire into account, especially in the cinema. And that is where we would say how the subject does not belong to the world. Rather it is limit of the world. Right. right. Like right. that's, that's right. how we, like how we would monk monkey with that. Right. I, uh, like retaining his statement, but kind yes. of shifting the sense of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. Um, and I, I think that like that, like your, uh, your, your de- your desire is the li- like be your desire be on like being in the image being the limit of your subjectivity being given back to you, uh, like right. a, like it's sh- kind of uh, sh- showing like like in in the world that you do not belong to it. You well, know, that like, isn't that the key thing, yeah. right? Like like that's what both Heidegger and Wittgenstein think is that we belong to the world. Right, yeah. like that, yeah. and 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 or or the world belongs to us in a way, and I think that's the great dialectical point: is that you're, the, you know, you're alienated from the world. Like that's your sorry. Yes. That's that's what subjectivity means: is that you you there's no place you're at home in this whole scene, right? <laughs> like yeah, right. The the yeah the the master is not at home, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's in, this is interesting. There's some other there's some other lines here, like you know, if five point five five two, logic is prior to every experience. That something is so. Um, the Lacan of seminar ten uh, is anxiety is prior to anything. Yeah, um, and yeah. I so I like I I think that so it would and that would mean anxiety is prior to logic, you know, and but anxiety has no place in this. In the tractatus. No, I mean, you know, it's, like, it's about what we can't speak of, right? Yes, exactly. Like, there's anxiety, anxiety for deep. sure, but we can't talk about it, right? Right. Like that, it doesn't yeah. fit within. Uh, yeah. There's also just, and this is another, uh, like, a concrete thing I um, I wanted to say. 
um, this is either going to run really long or we're wrapping up soon. So, but I wanted to make sure to say this point. Yeah. Cause I, um, I thought about it a lot in the second time that I was reading it. So he has this whole thing. Again, this is another imagistic thing, uh, with the, with the cube, the drawing of the cube. And yeah. he lays out that there's two different ways to see it. Right. Like, and, like and, the and again, and this, the, and the rabbit, right? Yeah. yeah, right. The duck and the rabbit. There you go. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. So this again makes for uh, bad bad radio, but because <laughs> you can't see it. But the right. but the idea you've probably seen like you general like the you can see these images like you can see them online if you've never seen them in person or like in a, uh, I don't know I feel like I've seen them in a newspaper or at a museum or something like yeah. it's exactly what you said it's like these like drawings that. Like optical like, uh, illusion drawings, yeah. Right, right. I think it's um, my wife, my mother-in-law. That's a really famous one, where yeah. uh, the the um, the artist has drawn like for one way you see like a young woman, and then like you your eyes like unfocus a little bit or or focus, however you want to phrase it, and then they see an older woman in this exact right. same drawing, and it's the same thing that in a more simplistic way that Wittgenstein does with the cube here, you can see it facing kind of two different directions. Um, and I just thought this was a really interesting example of, you know, one of mine and yours, our favorite uh, books of uh, Zizek's, The Parallax View, because his, his point is like, there are those two different ways of seeing the cube. There's the, you know, the duck and the rabbit. There's right. my wife, my mother-in-law. But you can't see both at the same time. Right. Is the is the point that Slavoj makes, and uh, here it's just it, they're they're just diff, they're different. They're two right. Right. different right. things, and they don't and and they don't encounter each other, um, despite being the same thing. I think like that they are different like, facts. That's what he says. They are different. Right? Nicely different put. Facts. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They're different facts. So, um, so the so the. The contradiction, even in the example that he gives, is something that is structurally, it's just not a part of his investigation, where for us... But he can't help bringing it up. I, mean, I that's know, that's what, which right. is so, like, I mean, that's what yeah. compels one to give it, like, a psychoanalytic reading, which is like, yeah. this is just, it's such a nice example of death drive. Like, you incorporate the evidence <laughs> that undermines your own point. Like, you, of course right. you're going to do that. Um right. He, like he shouldn't, he shouldn't have done this. He shouldn't have done the eye thing. Like it, it just, it right. shouldn't have been there. If he wanted to be, uh, you know, More really, really tight. If he wanted this yeah. argument to be as watertight as a mermaid's brazier, to quote Blackadder, the the he wouldn't have included it. But he felt compelled to for one reason yeah. or another. And yeah. it's it's exactly at this like this point that it's like, like I wouldn't have thought that. Like like I wouldn't have thought to bring up the visual Parallax. field. Or right, parallax, right, if he right. hadn't have done this, it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you're right. I mean, it's such a key point that for Slavoj, the we have to maintain both of those at the same time, and right. for Wittgenstein, they're just different, right? It's yes. it's real. I mean, really, the connection to Deleuze. It's just if you th- if you have it in the fore of your mind when you're reading him, it just yes. keeps hitting you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. not contradiction but difference, not contradiction yes. but difference. Like that's yes. his. That's like a mantra that Wittgenstein. And Deleuze are constantly repeating. I mean, they don't say it directly, but that's their mantra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, no, it's really, it's really, it's really fascinating. I mean, and and then of course the like we mentioned it earlier, but um, you also wouldn't bring in mysticism to right. to the project as well uh, if you were just if you were really really trying to be like 
I mean, it's not even like this is the length doesn't mean I like it's it's not even very long. I'm I'm not I'm not saying that like he did it easily. Like this is hard. This is hard one thinking here. You know, like like very very much so. But it's not for something that is uh, for something that is short. Like it could have been tighter, and like those things didn't like. There's no necessity for them in the argument. So it is. So this is again the thing that we're like, you know, we're sort of drawn to is this like, where does where does where does the object exceed itself? And it's like, and and that's the point that like tells you something about it. And I think right. that that right. that tells us something about what Wittgenstein like is is trying to do. What he's like, how he's trying to uh, articulate uh, what he's trying to uh, to argue. But he in so doing brings up these things that are out of the bounds of the project that he is laying out. And that like, you know, that's one of my favorite parts of this text, but yeah, it's also yeah. the thing that these are, it's all the points that, as you said, like that he moves away from and, and has also to that get repressed from. by the people taking up this book as their Bible. Yeah, like, there we go. Like that's a there, key yeah, say, thing. Say, say something about that. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the whole, I mean, not the whole because there are exceptions, but so many people in the analytic tradition that take this as their point of departure, they don't want to. They don't want to talk about how God does not reveal Himself in the world, which is Proposition mm-hmm. six point four three two, right? Like they don't. That's not for. And and yet for Wittgenstein, that's that's a that's maybe the most important part of the of the book, right? This mm. the, I mean, it comes at the end, and I don't think it's accidental that comes at the end. I mean, I think, and I think you're right to read from the end back to the beginning. And I think he's trying to, he's trying to articulate a philosophy where the most important things are what can't be said and what aren't revealed, Mm -hmm. right? God doesn't reveal himself in the world. And I think what dialectics is, especially for Hegel, is like for Hegel, God reveals itself totally in the world. Right, mm. like that's like the, there couldn't be a more radical difference, but I think that that in the opposition that's gotten set up between let's say continental philosophy and analytic philosophy, I think on the one side, God is a serious question, and on the other side, that's just outside, that's just nonsense, right? Mm. And I think that mm-hmm. that I think for Wittgenstein, it's it is nonsense to talk about it, but the way I think. What he would say is, there's different ways of not talking about it. And <laughs> sure. his way of not talking about it is a way that tries to suggest its importance. And I think that, to me, is what remains such so valuable in him, is that he is always concerned with what can't be said, even though he doesn't want to say it. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that speaks to his interesting proximity to people like to speculative thinkers like Kant and Hegel, even as he's distanced from them in other ways because with the atomism and things like that. But I think there is this this concern for the not sayable mm. is what makes him, to me, just a, a continually compelling, compelling thinker. Yeah. No, no, I tot- I mean, I totally agree. I, I mean, there's, I mean, there's even stuff that, you know, there's a lot of stuff we didn't, uh, get so to, much we didn't, didn't talk come about. Up, but, I know because this book is too long. Uh, yeah, exactly. For being short, it's, <laughs> it's too long. I mean, like like this. I mean, I was just like looking at my notes here. Just like the the linking of ethics and aesthetics as being the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's incredible. Is, yeah, that's yeah. I mean that like 
I shouldn't have even. You know what? I shouldn't have even brought it up. I should like yeah. the cube. Just a little, little little taste for people for what they might dip into and if they're yeah. interested in this book. But yeah, you know, what's the lesson, own. Ryan? Um, well, I think I don't know if it's appropriate to. We we didn't talk about Naked Spur, so I think when we did the Western, so I, I we think did that not. That, no. I think, I think Naked can... Spur has has to be the lesson, and for the reason, for, I mean, I, I, it's probably the per, it's the perfect uh, encapsulation of the like something Wittgenstein would love that would be uh, absolutely other to his project. I right. mean, and I mean, love is in like the you know he loved the genre, of course. Yeah, I don't. I wonder yeah. what he would have thought about the movie. I know but, it'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah, and he yeah. would have thought. But but yeah. we'll never know. We'll just have to imagine that he loved it. That's right. <laughs> and then and and what a contradiction that would be, Todd. That would be. That's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> All right, over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd. <laughs>